Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, this is episode 292 of Your Tech Life. It is, as always, wonderful to have you on the other end of those headphones or those car speakers. Now, I'm prepared to guess that that's the majority. I actually don't have that information. That is not statistically available to me via the web server. (laughs) But I think, um, and I kind of admitted very openly, um, you know, some time ago that I, I really didn't listen to many podcasts. I've made 500 plus of the bloody things, but I only really started listening to them in the last, say, five to six months. And I am really getting into it. Um, the interesting thing is that I really only do it either when I'm on a train traveling to work, when a car is unavailable to me. Um, that's not, not being elitist. I just, you know. Um, the yeah, or, or when I'm in the car and I'm just not finding a radio station that I want to hear. I rarely actually resort to my own music, uh, so it's kind of interesting. And and I'll give you some... T- I, I actually, you know what, a little later, I'm going to write this down here right now, podcasts. I'll add it to the rundown. I want to tell you about a few podcasts, some I've mentioned before, but just want to remind you, and I found a couple of new ones as well. Um, it is all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. You know... Uh, I hope you know, or you may know, or you haven't paid attention, but uh, my day job is at uh, SBS, and uh, I'm the manager of technology, strategy, and innovation there, and uh, everything I do here is completely unrelated, but it is Tuesday night. It is uh, the first episode tonight of Go Back to Where You Came From, the third season, and um, obviously you can't watch it now because it's already been on, but it's about to come on when I record. Um, So if you didn't watch it, I would encourage you to go to SBS On Demand and watch it. It is a Bloody amazing show and uh, uh, running over three nights. So get into that one um, and love to know what you think. Uh, I will talk to you tonight about a whole bunch of things that are just on the radar. I just wrote a list and I went, you know what? This is what I'm going to do tonight. I'm just going to run through all this stuff. I've had just so much stuff going on here. So Windows 10, I'm going to talk about Android. We're going to talk about uh, the jaw, new jawbones. We're going to talk about gaming. We're going to talk about mobile phones and big screen TVs. Um, those are all the things on my mind. I'm just going to give it to you in bundles here tonight, um, this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is. As I often say, um, do let me know when you're listening, where you're listening, how you're listening, because it's great to kind of, you know, just paint a picture in my mind. Um, and it's also great to, to say good day as you, as you email or, uh, pass me on the street or the, or the train platform as the case may be. Hello to Jeremy. Uh, who may not be a podcast listener, if I'm honest. He uh, pulled me up at Hornsby train station the other day and just shook my hand and said, g'day, had um, heard me on the radio and, and uh, seen me on the TV. It was very nice, and it's always lovely to just say g'day. Um, as I've said a million times, it's it's weird. Whether you're on the radio, uh, whether you're here in a little podcast studio, uh, or whether you're on television, there's not a lot of people that you see. So you don't really know who's listening. And so that, that, that weird thing about actually hearing someone say to you, I listen to you, it's very weird and it's awesome. It's humbling and very cool. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. All thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies. Let's just get cracking. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But Trevor Long's the world's best tech 
Windows 10 is out. Well, if you're a very early downloader, it's not quite out yet, but um, it is uh, it is out on the 29th. Now, the interesting thing about Windows 10 coming out on the 29th is it's not midnight on the 29th. It's not, not any particular time. In fact, I think you'll find it'll be late in the afternoon. People will start to get emails and texts and whatever they get to alert them that um, the thing is available if you signed up to be part of the, the initial rollout. Now, if you didn't sign up, you may have to wait some time once once you get the alert and you, you put your name down because they're not just putting a file there for you to download. You have to kind of get in a queue. So let's assume you did, you know, click the button a month ago and you are in the queue. You'll get an alert, an email, or maybe a pop-up or something uh, tomorrow or during the week, and uh, it'll say you're ready to go. Now, I'm actually sitting here on 4% installed because I've, I've been given a copy of Windows 10 on a USB stick, and I'm installing it on my Surface 3, the little uh, Microsoft tablet. Um, it's it's a long process. I think I started an hour ago. It's at 4%. Um, but it did have to go through some initial checks and setups. So... Um, it's ready to go. It's going to be. It's going to be good now. Who's it for? Okay. Now, if you have a Mac, no, it's not for you. Although uh, you might uh, get away with uh, running it over the top of your uh, um, uh, um, uh, Windows partition if you've got such a thing running. So that's that's all good. But um, but yes, of course, it's for Windows computers. But Windows Seven and Windows Eight users. Windows XP users and anyone before that, geez, if you're listening to this and you're using something before Windows XP, please email me urgently. We need to talk. Um, but Windows XP users, it's uh, it's not directly compatible, and and you would need to do some system checks to confirm that your device is actually able to run Windows uh, 7, uh, Windows 10, and also you'll need to buy a copy. So they're basically making it available free to anyone that's bought Windows since Windows 7. Which is a groundbreaking difference for uh, for Microsoft. Uh, they're following kind of Apple's lead in the free operating system space, which is a great thing because operating systems shouldn't cost a bunch of money. Uh, subscription services is where the money is these days, and that's why Office is available now for nine dollars a month, etc. Um, the so yes, yeah, so if you've got Windows Seven or Windows Eight, it's free to download. Now I'm talking to individuals here. If you're an IT manager. Uh, and you've got 200 or 1,000 computers on a licensed basis, you can't get it for free and update everyone. You still have to pay on a licensed basis. But if, you, if you're an average, everyday home user with a laptop, a PC, a tablet, whatever it is, running Windows, uh, you can get it. You can download it, and it's free. Now, a couple of big things. I might have answered these previously, but very important questions. It's about a 3-gigabyte download, I believe. Um, it is, after installed, smaller than Windows 8. Um, it does take up more space initially because it keeps your old computer essentially in place until you're ready. So 30 days into the use of Windows 10, it'll say, hey, you okay here? Everything all right? You, you, you ready to go ahead here? It's like a, a cooling off period. And uh, once you are ready to go ahead, it, it deletes your old uh, operating system so that you've got the option in the first 30 days to roll back to either Windows 7 or Windows 8.1 or 8. Um, that's a good thing because some people may not like it, but I actually believe most people will be very happy with it. Now, there was a story in News Limited today which was, you know, uh, seven seven reasons not to upgrade to Windows 10 or something like that, and I know that's not quoting it directly, um, but it, it, it felt to me um, <clears throat> somewhat like scaremongering. Uh, I, I won't lie. And... Um, 
you know, I had a look at the list and, you know, I didn't feel that those were compelling um, reasons not to upgrade. Um, I can't even find the story on their website now. Um, my goodness, this is very interesting. I wonder if, see, this is the thing about News Limited. They actually, as crazy as this sounds, right, News Limited run the Daily Telegraph and all those things, and they actually publish stuff on different websites. It doesn't make any sense because, hello, you're all one thing. Anyway, I can't find the story here in front of you, but there were seven seven reasons or seven things to questions to ask yourself before you upgrade and this kind of stuff. And and it was very some of it was very legitimate, but you know, Hearts isn't there anymore. Okay, whoops, did he do? Um, I'm sure you can download it from the Windows Store, but as in as it as it comes to you know, should I get it or not? If you're running Windows Seven or Windows Eight, yes, you should get it because it's um it's excellent. So the interesting thing is Windows Eight was a radical change for anyone that used XP or, or 7. It, the start button wasn't there. It was all these tiles on the screen. It was a very different experience. Windows 10 for Windows 8 users will feel like they're going back to a more familiar Windows environment. Windows 7 users going to Windows 10 will feel like they're getting this amazing, fresh new look. Uh, that, that's how I'd describe it to you. And... Essentially, you know, the start menu's there, but it's not, you know, boring text. It's quite a vibrant look. Um, the, the apps are not there as, you know, just icons. They're there as live tiles, which you may not have seen if you haven't used Windows 8, which, you know, basically means the email app will actually show you a recent email. The Twitter app will show you a recent tweet before you even click on the icon. Um, very configurable in those ways. You can resize the start menu as big as you want. You can make the start menu be like Windows 8 and uh, just automatically uh, show you all the icons. Um, for devices that are both laptops and tablets, it actually changes mode. So it becomes a tablet-like interface when you're in tablet mode, but switches to the more Windows 7-style mode in um, when the keyboard's attached. Um, it's excellent, and uh, there's no real reason not to upgrade. That's the bottom line. There's no reason not to upgrade. This thing is going to give you the best security you can get out of an out-of-the-box Windows install. Um, it's, going to, it's going to give you a much better look. It's going to, probably going to give you much better reliability. Um, and yeah, just generally, I think, it's, um, I think it's excellent. So look, if you're asking yourself the question, should I get it? Yes. Um, it, it's great. Uh, there's, there's no reason not to be considering getting it. Um, I don't see a reason not to jump in the line unless you are so stuck in your ways that you, you struggle to learn and navigate new environments. But if that is the case, you just need to find a time when you've got, say, a week uh, to just to be happy and not worry and not stress and just, you know, learn through it. But generally... It's pretty darn good. Now, that install is up to 15%, so it's kicking along pretty nicely now. Uh, Windows 10 is now available, broadly, uh, as, you, as you listen to this. And uh, I think you, should, uh, think you should enjoy it. I think you should have a look. And if, you're an, if you've got an Xbox in the house, this is the number one reason to get Windows 10. Okay. Xbox sitting in the lounge room. And, uh, you know, let's say in my case, Amanda's watching TV. Real Housewives of somewhere. Um, <clears throat> Xbox is sitting there. I've got my Windows 10 computer. I'm in bed. I can plug my Xbox controller into the computer. I can launch the Xbox app and I can play the Xbox on my computer. 
I don't have to be at the TV. That's very cool. <laughs> so it's it's similar to um, uh, Sony PlayStation's remote play feature. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in that you're you're just playing the device out through the through the network, and it's it's lag free. It's very good. Highly recommend you check that out. So there you go. If you've got an Xbox, there's a great reason to upgrade to Windows 10. If you don't have an Xbox, um, the simplicity of the navigation, the simplicity of the menu system, the fresh new design is a very good reason to consider the upgrade. Uh, available now, um, you'll get prompts on your computer. Otherwise, go to Microsoft.com. I'm tipping. Would be your best course of action. Uh, you're listening to Your Tech Life. <laughs> Now, Android devices. Android devices are vulnerable. Um, this is a this is a really big problem, and it's only really come to come to light <coughs> today. <coughs> Excuse me. The um, story came where a group of researchers at a, at a mobile security company revealed that, and they've given it they've given the thing a name called Stage Fright. Um, that that Android devices are, uh, are vulnerable. To an attack, there is absolutely no evidence that any attack has taken place. Um, so don't stress, but you should be cautious. So any device running Android 2.2, which is basically nearly everyone on the planet, um, and most certainly prior to 4.2, but you know maybe even after, um, what happens is they've found a way that basically by sending you a multimedia message, so a picture slash video message, um, they're able to actually embed code in that. So when, when your phone tries to execute that message, it actually installs software, spyware, whatever you want. And that's a, that's a massive risk because you don't have to do anything. It just has to, it just, they just have to have your phone number. If they've got your phone number, they send you the text and it happens. You're done. So, very worrying, very worrying. But this is a good thing. It was discovered by good people, and Google are aware, and Google will update. The question is when, and can Google react quicker than, you know, a whole bunch of um, cybercrims? Now, there's a big thing called DEF CON. It's a security conference in Las Vegas coming up. And these people, the people that discover these things, Go to these conferences to get credibility. The people that did the Jeep hack will get credibility there. The people that discovered this will get credibility. Um, it proves that they can find stuff that others can't. The bottom line here is they reckon nearly a billion, 950 million handsets, uh, Android handsets, are vulnerable. Um, and it's a whole bunch of devices. And you, you've got to have a hope that Google is very quickly going to patch the update, but it could take a while. Uh, and that's, that's always a problem because the, the number of devices that get updated and how quickly they get updated is always somewhat troubling and, and never quite as, as much or as fast as we might hope. So yeah, we need to be a bit careful about that. Uh, you're listening to Your Tech Life. If you've got an Android device, don't panic, but keep your ears open for anything I might tell you. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technology. Don't forget to have a look at the NuviCam LMT, the $499 recommended retail. Um, this is a six-inch premium navigator with a built-in dash cam and driver awareness features. Now, 
The Navigator itself is outstanding. It's a big screen. It, it works really well. It uh, gives you all the great real, um, re- real vision, uh, um, re- real-time uh, alerts. Um, there, there's great uh, clear view of your destination. So when you're actually pulling up, it actually switches to camera mode and points at the place you've got to go to. But the big thing is it's constantly recording so that when you have an incident, it, it actually keeps and saves the vision, which is um, just sensational. And then... There's, there's some really tricky technology in there that they've done to allow the camera to be able to see the dots on the road and really let you know if you're going out of your lane or perhaps even tell if you're about to have a collision because it can see the cars coming up upon you very quickly. So very cool technology that you're seeing in new cars today and you can have it in your car with the Garmin NuviCam LMT. Check it out at garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, I said I'd tell you about some podcasts. Let's have a quick look at those now. Um, I've told you about WTF with Mark Marin. You know, it is uh, language uh, sensitive, but be cautious with that. But, you know, an example of a couple of great episodes he's had, he had Vince uh, Gilligan on, the the creator of uh, Breaking Bad, which is a brilliant uh, conversation. Jason Siegel was the latest episode that I heard, um, you know, from uh, How I Met Your Mother and other movies. Excellent, um, excellent podcast. Just really insightful as to kind of, uh, you know, kick back and, and enjoy. Uh, obviously, there's your tech life that you're listening to. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Make sure you listen to that every week. Stephen and I will be at the Windows 10 launch tomorrow night. We'll record live from there. Paul and Rach, as I've told you, I'm a massive fan. Paul Murray's a good mate, and it's a good, fun, drive-time radio show-style podcast. The Mark Boris podcast, I'm, I'm still enjoying each and every week. Um, really down-to-earth advice um, and, and financial um, kind of nous. Um, I'm trying out tomorrow with Joshua Topolsky, but... Uh, Topolsky was behind the website The Verge and things like that. He's a bit, I'm um, going to say, um, not elitist. Uh, I'm not going to say lefty. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say he's he's just not me, but I'm listening to the one about him changing his job, and it's very interesting. But the real one I want to direct you to, and I'm a massive fan of The Late Show with David Letterman. I'm a massive fan of Jimmy Fallon's show. I was a massive fan of the Stephen Colbert um, uh, show. And Colbert is taking over The Late Show. So The Late Show with starring Stephen Colbert, and that's the actual name. The Late Show with starring Stephen Colbert. So there's a podcast called The Late Show Podcast. It's excellent. It's just Stephen and a couple of people from his crew each and every week having a chat, learning about each other, and talking about the show preparation process because they're they're already working on a show that doesn't start until September. Very interesting. So very insightful. Now, remember, I'm a media nerd. I've worked in the media for many years. 20. Um, And, uh, jeez getting old and um so this is kind of stuff that appeals to me so i'd actually love your recommendations i'm going to be honest with you i only want professional sounding podcasts um i want podcasts that are um i guess topical or fun or funny i'm not into serial doesn't appeal to me i don't watch or listen to those kind of shows so i'd love your recommendations um and uh and shoot them my way hit me up on twitter at trevor long or of course if you've got a question a problem a comment about anything technology jump on the website eftm.com.au talking technology without the jargon your Your tech tech life with trevor long the sound of the background is my air conditioner it's very cold i'm using an android phone which i'll tell you about in shortly but the um screen tells me it's five degrees it's very cold so you'll you'll forgive me the airflow in the studio um, I received um, from the publicity and public relations team, otherwise known as PR, for Jawbone, uh, I received the uh, the new Jawbone Up 3 and Up 2 uh, sleep and activity trackers. Now, you'll remember I was a big fan of Jawbone early on. I uh, wore the Jawbone Up for a very long time, uh, I think well over two years worth of data in, in my Jawbone account. Um, 
I don't know why. I just always liked the basics of it. This was a a little device that you could kind of just throw on your wrist. It had this. It just kind of looped around. It didn't have a closure on it. Um, it really simply recorded your steps. Uh, you could see that in an app. Uh, you could press a button to activate sleep mode. It would tell you how you slept and you know perhaps even wake you up um, in the morning. Now I actually grew too accustomed to the vibrating uh, wrist. Uh, alarm and, and slept through it, so I've had to resort back to the beep, beep, beep in the morning, but um, the the problem was they were unreliable. Um, they had a lot, I, I've got to say, I think I had mine replaced four times over the different models, the Up and the Up24, um, and that, that was never a good thing for the company, and that was a reputational thing they had. Um, you know, for some reason, the current one that I'm wearing now is just flashing lights at me. I don't know what it means, but anyway, um, I should probably read about it. But I stopped wearing the Jawbone, uh, I'm going to say probably six months ago, to be honest, because I realized that steps was not something important to me. I know when I'm walking enough, <laughs> it's when I catch the train to work, it's when I, you know, get and do stuff. I know that I'm lazy and don't walk enough. I don't need an app to remind me that. Uh, I, I loved sleep tracking. It was it was a really big thing for me for many years, probably four or five years through Sleep Cycle and then through through the Jawbone um, device. And it taught me that I need to sleep more many nights and it frankly taught me that I can get away with the short sleep other nights. Um, and it showed me you know how quickly I could fall asleep and, and how deep my sleep was on certain nights. And I learned a lot from that. But again, I, I'm not in a position to just suddenly up and sleep longer or you know work less. So it wasn't something I had control over, and I'm not currently trying to lose weight. Yes, I should. Maybe I will. But I think something like this will be really powerful for me when I do that. <clears throat> so I was happy to try the new Jawbone Up. Now, they've, they've changed completely their approach. They've adopted a more of a Fitbit sort of traditional, I think you might call it, uh, fitness tracker approach with a band that you know loops around and clips onto itself. And... To be honest, having worn it for a week, that's its number one problem is it's actually not as comfortable as the original jawbone. It has now biometric sensors on it that can detect your heart rate, which is excellent. So I now know my resting heart rate. So in terms of features, it's now so much better. The It's doing a resting heart rate overnight, which is allowing you to determine your resting heart rate, which is a really important uh, critical health factor. Um, it doesn't detect your heart rate throughout the day doesn't keep log of that, you know, every 10 minutes like an Apple Watch does. Um, and frankly, I just find it really uncomfortable because it's got a quite a big, uh, these, these sensors underneath your wrist and then the buckle sitting here with it, at a keyboard, it's just not comfortable. And, and that's a bit disappointing. Um, so there's two new models out, the Up 2 and the Up 3. The Up 2 is pretty much the new version of the Up. Um, it has the smart coach, the sleep tracking, the activity tracking. The Up 3 is the one that's exactly the same, but it also has the heart sensors. So if you want that added um, added level, then the Up 3 is is definitely the one. It's still, in my view, the best app. Um, the, the app is sensational for, for monitoring and tracking what's going on. Um, but I'm just not sure that they've really nailed the, um, the overall concept. The Up 2 um, is... $149, and the up three, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm going to say $199. Um, 
maybe two forty nine. But anyway, it's more expensive. They're expensive units. Um, I don't. I just can't recommend it anymore. I, definitely, if you're into fitness trackers and you're still loving your jawbone, I don't think there's a reason to upgrade. If this is your first fitness tracker, it's still not a bad one to kick off with. I I think the the quality of build is excellent. Just by looking at it, feeling it, um, I found it to be a little bit strange to get used to the, you know, the tap and hold to change modes and things. But you know, we we will learn to live with that. Um, the smart coach um, is an interesting way of measuring your training to give you personalised in, insights in in the app. Uh, but I'm I'm not sure that that's for everyone either. I think the people that are looking for training and stuff will go for a higher end watch. So it's really interesting. <laughs> Um, uh, approach that they've taken. They still do packaging well. They still do the presentation well, but I just feel like they're they're, they're lingering behind. The, certainly, well behind Fitbit, and I think they're they're then stuck in this space where an Apple Watch or other smartwatches are, are going to do a, a differently or much better job. So tough, but a tough one for Jawbone. Absolutely a tough one for Jawbone. But the new products look sensational. I'll spend a bit more time with them and do a full review on the website uh, a little bit further down the track. So what about this? Um, uh, the Interactive Games Association um, put out some um, some research after studying, I don't know, 3,500 people in Australia, 1,200 households. 68% of Australians play video games. And the average age of players has crept up to 33 years. While most players are male, 47% are female, which you know, it's a pretty close split. It's not really most, it's 53%. Um, now, a lot of the, the story... <coughs> Excuse me, excuse me. The story, which I'm reading from the the uh, the Daily Telegraph website, um, <clears throat> a lot of the story here is concentrating on the older generation. And I think, to be honest, if I was to be critical, the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association are playing games with this survey because gaming, to most people, is you know PlayStation, Xbox, shoot 'em up style gaming but let's be honest <clears throat> gaming in this report is clash uh not cl- certainly clash of clans but words with friends uh sudoku c- candy crush crosswords on an app yes that is gaming i agree but i think i'd like to get a hold of the full report and understand whether they actually break down app gaming versus traditional gaming <clears throat> because clearly the growth of of smartphones has massively increased the app gaming. And yeah, our older people, my, I gave my mum a tablet so she could play Sudoku. Right? She plays Sudoku with these books where you've got to write it in, you've got to buy a new book every couple of months because it runs out. The app's constantly giving you a new game. You never need to buy another game. Um, so I, I found that, you know, quite intriguing. But, uh, but look, it, it's absolutely the case that the older generation are using apps and games to keep their minds active, which is sensational. Words with friends, Candy Crush. If everyone played those games, our minds would be energised. There would probably be studies done that prove that that's actually beneficial for our health. Now, my addiction to Clash of Clans at the moment, and hey, if you're a Clash of Clans player, look me up. Let's join the EFTM clan. I started a clan. I don't even understand the game. But anyway, I started a clan called EFTM. I don't know how you join, but if you can, 
join. Say good day. Clash of Clans. I, I'll probably get over it in a week or two, but my son's playing it, so I wanted to understand it. Um, I'm just going to train some troops right now, actually. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, there's there's absolutely uh, you, you know a lot of benefit in these things. So look, I think gaming is a really really interesting one for us to to look at as I guess a very different lifestyle choice. Um, it's definitely evolved from you know Call of Duty only to be to to everything else that that people now do with gaming, um, and, and I think that's a that's a critical change in in the approach to gaming. It's uh it's absolutely no longer about um just um you know Call of Duty Grand Theft Auto style uh you know gaming. It's a very very different thing now, and I don't think we should um lose lose sight of the fact that we're not talking about. Um, that kind of gaming, especially when we talk about average ages and changes in age and things like that. So it is an older generation. I'd love to know your stories of, of how, who in your family is, is playing games. And then I've got, have you got grandma or mom or dad hooked and, and what are they playing? Um, a very interesting kind of subtopic and, and, and a change in the way we approach, um, uh, digital entertainment, shall we say. Uh, your tech life, you can get in touch anytime you like. That's it's just very easy, really, isn't it? You go to the website eftm.com.au. You go to uh, Twitter at Trevor Long. Uh, follow me and uh, jump on iTunes, Pocket Cast, leave ratings, leave uh, reviews, whatever it might be, so other people can discover the wonder of your tech life uh, as you have and, and and did at one stage originally, whether it was last week or two hundred and ninety-two weeks ago. Your tech life with Trevor Long. So I went Android again. I, I'm, I'm thinking I might re- rekindle that uh, debate that I created last year with some furor um, about Android versus iPhone. Jeez, I mean, it's beautiful. Android is is beautiful. They've, they've created an outstanding design now. I think um, the way they've, they've adopted the you know, simplicity of settings, the simplicity of layout is excellent. I'll, talk, I'll get, get back to Android in a minute. I started with the LG G4, which is brilliant. It's a great phone. feels a bit weighty in the hand and, and big in the hand, but it also feels comfortable in the hand because of the leather back. And it's probably equal top three smartphone in the market today. My iPhone 6, Samsung Galaxy S6, and LG G4. Now, many would say the iPhone 6 has fallen behind, but I think that in many ways it is still um, an absolute class leader. The Galaxy S6 is... Quality, build, construction, and design puts it at the top of the mark. And the LG is absolutely on par with both those phones, if not in many many cases better. The photography is outstanding on it. Um, the, the usability is great. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't buy that phone if, if, if you're shopping for an Android phone and, and have it in your budget. But interestingly, I also this week then switched to the Oppo or Oppo R7. Yeah, this is a new device coming out of the market, mid, uh, mid-tier, mid I think 449, um, probably Dick Smith. They're, they're launching in Dick Smith stores later this week, actually. Dick Smith's going to go big into mobile phones, I've noticed, because um, Sony Mobile are launching there. So this Oppo, um, it's actually really nice design. It's uh, They've sent me a gold one to review, um, in a gold back, white front, very similar design you might have seen or heard before. Um, and, and here's my biggest thing. These, you know, $400 Android phones are every bit as good as the $900 ones. I think I use a smartphone very similarly to 50% of the population. 
I actually don't play a lot of games or apps. I have Clash of Clans there. I have Pocket Cast. I have Pocket Weather. I have Periscope. I have Snapchat. I have WhatsApp. I have Facebook. I have Messenger. I have Instagram. I have Twitter. I have all the default apps. I have my mail. I have my browser. I have some music there. I have Spotify. But, you know, those features will run perfectly well on a $300 phone, and they run beautifully on this $400 phone. I don't know the screen resolution of this device, but let me tell you, it looks great. <laughs> there's there's nothing to be concerned about here. Um, I can't see pixels, so I'm going to call it retina style. Um, the camera is absolutely adequate. In fact, I would argue it, it seems to be taking brilliant photos. So, and remember, we're not using photography on smartphones for... Um, for, for publishing we're using them for sharing on facebook these things do a great job it has this great feature where i can twist a photo to rotate it uh, permanently very cool um so i'm actually at the point of, of saying to myself and and other people I, I think the galaxy s6 is amazing i think the lg g4 is amazing but i have absolutely no idea how the average joe would tell the difference other than look and design between a Moto X, a Sony Xperia, an Oppo, and those really high-end phones. Just don't know. I encourage people to buy outright because I think it's the best way to approach your plan. You can be on a $30 plan and get 8 gig of data with Vodafone if you're on a business. Um, there's a bunch of really good deals out there if you buy outright. Um, these, these phones are exceptional, and I'm super impressed with the... Um, with this Oppo. Um, so I highly recommend if you're in the market for an Android phone that you, you take a look at this Oppo R7. Uh, it'll be available very soon, about $449. Uh, Dick Smith is where you'll find it. And the LG G4, likewise, brilliant device. But, you know, you're paying a premium for that. Um, but, hey, leather back is very cool. It's something very unique. The Oppo comes with a case. So it actually comes with a protective plastic case. Hello, what a brilliant idea. Um, I just don't know why everyone doesn't do that. I really don't. It's, a, uh, it's perplexing, isn't it? Listening to your tech life. Uh, get in touch anytime. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. So, finally. Uh, and yes, I understand, slightly shorter show this week. Uh, and a lot of me, I get that. But uh, you've got to get in touch. I need, I, need your, I need your questions. If you've got a question about technology, you need to give it to me. Um, I think everyone's ringing the radio stations because we've had a lot of calls recently on the radio, which is excellent. Um, and and I'm happy to remind you, uh, as I as I love to spruik, let's let's uh, let's talk through the radio stations wherever you are in Australia. And if you if I don't list your town or suburb here, then you need to tell your local radio station why don't you do technology wherever you with Trevor Long. Um, you know, I just turn up, I I talk for five minutes about the latest tech news, and they say goodbye. It's fun. Um, we're talking Newcastle, KOFM, uh, Geelong, K Rock with uh, Hunter and. Someone else. Buckle and Hunter. The B team. No? I think they're just called Buckle and Hunter now. Cliff Owen Beck up in uh, Townsville. Juanita and Mark in Cairns. Uh, Townsville, Cairns. Newcastle. Canberra with Mark Parton. Uh, Melbourne with Glen Ridge. Perth with Burjo. Perth with Peter Bell. Perth with Clairsey, Shane and Kimber. Um, CFM Gosford with Patty and Sarah now and then. Um, where else do I go? 
Thinking I'm running out of time. No, um, uh, TUE on Tuesdays at lunchtime with Stuart Bocking at 12.20 and TUE on Saturday afternoons uh, with Tim Webster at 3 o'clock. It's always awesome to, to take actual calls on the radio, which we only do on a couple of those shows. Most of them are just uh, tech updates. But if I'm not in your area, then, hey, tell the local radio station or tell me and I'll just suddenly tell them that you said I should. You never know your luck. So um, a couple of weeks ago, the big topic that I talked about was this new LG TV, $10,000 I'm calling it the triple threat, right? It's OLED, it's 4K, and it's curved. That's the triple threat. They're the, they're the big three things. Um, they sent me this TV re- to review. Now, first and foremost, I'm going to tell you a, a tragic tale. <sighs> and Rob, I know you're listening, and I know you already know the story here, but I'll tell it anyway. So I set this beautiful television up in our lounge room, and I... I Carried my big TCL, big heavy thing, but you know, sixty-five inch TCL TV, four K. Got it a few years ago. Looks great. Um, I carried, I sat it down on the in the side of the lounge room. I set this new one up. It's beautiful. I'll tell you about that in a minute. So then, um, Formula One was on, on the weekend, and I, I haven't reviewed yet the Logitech steering wheel. So I thought I'll do that. I'll I'll take the photos and I'll write it up. So I set it up, I actually turned the TV around, I, I turned it on, I set the PlayStation up there, I've got my, my Red Bull Racing play seat, I've got my steering wheel, it's just sensational for a racing gamer. Set it up beautiful, played the game, had fun, and I got the tripod out, I took a bunch of photos, standing there, I took some photos, I took the camera off and I sat the tripod down and it, it fell over and, and hit the TV, oh, a little mark on the screen, I rubbed it off, it didn't, didn't leave a mark, it was good. You know the legs on a tripod, how you put these clips and, and you've got to clip them in to make them stand? I hadn't clipped them in, so I fell over. Anyway, so that night I thought, oh, before the Grand Prix, about an hour before the Grand Prix, I thought, I'll have a quick race. I turn on the TV, looks like fireworks. The screen is smashed. My 65-inch ultra-high-definition television, smashed. Not visibly when it's turned off, it looks beautiful. It's turned on, smashed. <sighs> I'm only now able to talk about it um, in several steps of grieving, obviously. Um, uh, one of the TV companies said to me, oh, can you claim it on insurance? I said, oh, Jesus, I don't know. I spent a day ringing around trying to find out whether I was insured, uh, finding the company I was insured with. And then once I finally did, they went, oh, that sort of thing can be covered under accidental um, insurance coverage. I went, good, good. You don't have that. You've got insurance event coverage. So if someone burns the house down or robs me, I'm okay. But if I break the thing, I'm not. So anyway, if anyone needs a prop 65-inch TV that doesn't work, I've got one for you. It looks great, not turned on. Oh, man. Actually, I'd be open to um, ideas. What should I do? Because obviously before I turf it, um, I could I could pull it apart. Um I don't know. Could I throw a hammer at it? I don't know. I mean, what what do I do with a 65-inch TV that is literally of no use? It is valueless. Ah, very sad. Anyway, so if LG are listening, um, thank your lucky stars it wasn't your TV. And secondly, um, going to be a bit of time on the review unit, probably a couple of weeks, if I'm honest. And then if Samsung's listening, I'll need to review TV for a couple of... I'm going to basically review televisions for the next six months until I can save up for a new new one. Then we've got the car service today, and that's going to cost a couple of thousand dollars because I didn't get it serviced for a few months and or a few years, and um, the engine's seizing or something. Oh, my God. Anyway, the LG TV. So triple threat, curved OLED 4K, 
I said without spending much time with it when it was launched that it was the best TV on the market. I categorically confirm that. The picture quality on this television is remarkable. It, it is just beautiful. Um, I you know, didn't really believe that that was possible, but it is. Um, it's beautiful. The blacks are black. The colors are rich. The, the high-definition content you watch looks amazing. You know, Foxtel Sport and Foxtel high-definition channels are the best in the business. They are beautiful. Um, you know, watching the Formula One was brilliant because the, the fast motion is, is catered beautifully for with OLED. Um, I cannot challenge the television. Other than to say, why is it curved? I don't understand. I've sat with it and standing in front of it, it's it's okay. Sitting on the side of it, it, it just seems weird. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I've got a big lounge room and I think in a small room it might be good, but why would you have a 65-inch television in a small room? Um, so very confused by the curve. I really am. I'm not at all convinced that it's of any use other than to get more money from you. If LG, let me put it absolutely bluntly, this is a ten thousand dollars television. If LG were selling this television for six thousand, maybe seven, without the curve, I would be saving by the day for it. But I do not want to spend ten thousand dollars on a curved screen because. I know I'm paying for the curve. I know that's part of the technology they've been mastering. I believe LG's best attempt at massive market share stealing from Samsung is to release a flat OLED 4K TV. It would be beautiful. It would just be, oh, the picture quality, you can't imagine. You really can't. So I'll have a full review, a bunch of photos up on the website um, very soon. The the operating system, WebOS, on um, the LG TV is brilliant. Best operating system I've seen on, on a TV. It has Freeview Plus. Um, it's got everything. It is the ultimate TV. I just don't know why it's curved. And I plead with uh, LG to release a straight one because they could absolutely blow the others out of the water with a flat OLED TV. I, I genuinely believe that. So I don't know why they're persisting with the curve. I, I think people like the curve. That's great. But imagine doing it without the curve. That's all I'm saying. You're listening to me. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch with me directly. I'm the guy behind the Twitter account, at Trevor Long. It's very easy to contact me. Just do that. Two blokes talking tech this week. We'll cover many of these same issues, I will admit. But Stephen and I have other things to talk about. And we'll be live together, standing at um, out the front, probably, of a, of a Microsoft launch event, which I probably won't go into because I don't really do parties. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading episode 292. Um, I talk about it at the 100th, at the 150th, at the 200th, the 250th, and I'll talk about it again at the 300th. We should do something, but I never get a sense that there's enough people 
I know how many people are listening. I see the download numbers. But I don't hear from everyone. If I got an overwhelming number of emails and tweets from people within the Sydney area, you know, Goulburn is included, Rob, that's okay, suggesting that they would come to a place, I would consider finding a place and doing something. I don't know what. That's in eight weeks. Uh, although I'm, uh, I just it'll be after I come back from Berlin. I'm going to Berlin for IFA, big technology show over there with Sony. I'm going over there, so hey, good frequent flyer points. That's all I'm going to say. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back again next week with episode 293. Uh, I look forward to your company then.